step into the wondrous realm of Exavalon, where mythical beings and magical creatures coexist in a world of enchantment and wonder. From humans to undead, elves to dwarves, knights to pirates, and orcs to barbarians, Exavalon is a diverse land filled with fascinating characters and legends. However, a grave danger looms over the land as the nefarious necromancers seek to usher in an era of darkness and despair. The stakes are high, but there is still hope, for heroes have risen to the call, ready to face a threat head-on and restore peace to the land. As you venture forth into Exavalon, you will witness breathtaking landscapes and experience unforgettable adventures. You will encounter dragons, demons, and other formidable foes, as well as make friends with loyal companions and wise mentors. Join us on this epic quest as we strive to defeat the necromancers and preserve the magic and wonder of Exavalon. From epic battles to heartwarming moments of bravery and friendship, Exavalon is a world like no other, and we invite you to be a part of it. Welcome to the Knights of Exavalon. The Great Dragon War begins. I think that was the last one. Wait. That was the last one. Sounds like the rain has stopped. Thanks. More came than I was expecting. Something big must have driven them here. I need to rest. Tell me what happened after you healed from your wounds from the giant demon bats. Like I said before, us knights were always going to be reacting to evil. Why should we allow evil to strike first, before doing anything to stop it? It didn't make sense to me. Did you tell anyone of your plan, the king or church? No, because I knew they would disapprove of my plan. Plus, it is easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. If I had brought my plan up, the king and church would have spent years debating it. All the while, a dragon or some other evil could have attacked the kingdom. I wanted you to know, I wasn't planning on massacring the dragons. I was going to read their minds, and if they planned on killing or harming mankind, then I was going to stop them the best way I knew how. The first dragon I was going to test was Azisrael the Decayed. The way I looked at it, he had the most potential to destroy the entire world. He could easily spread his decay to the earth, destroying all crops and poisoning the water. That would be nothing compared to how much innocent animals and people would suffer. I began my journey to the Bagandi Mountains in the country of Minagawa, where I knew Azisrael the Decayed often frequented. These were simpler days when one was allowed to travel to different countries without threats of violence or fear of being arrested, or worse. I boarded a ship in Twildover Harbor with the destination of Nagasaki. From there, I could begin my journey to the Bugandi Mountains. I probably should have turned around the moment I got on the ship. There was an eerie spirit upon that ship that caused the entire crew to become depressed and fearful. The crew was certain this was a bad omen of worse things to come. We were no more than a day's journey on the Sea of Gamash when a foul wind blew us too close to Pirate Bay. A pirate warship spotted us and gave chase. 
Our ship didn't have the firepower nor the range to fight such a ship as this. Our only hope was to outrun the ship. I still don't understand how we managed to escape the pirate ship. They easily could have destroyed our measly ship or captured us and killed us at their leisure. The pirates seemed to be satisfied with the damage they did to our ship, knowing that we wouldn't make it far in our current condition. Perhaps they wanted to get back to Pirate Bay or they had already accomplished what they wanted, destruction. The ship was quickly taking on water. We spent the rest of the day bucketing out water from the ship. The superstitious crew believed that we were cursed by a vengeful spirit of a maiden who was lost at sea. But I knew the truth. They were too green behind the ears to know what they were properly doing on the seas. No matter how often we were bucketing out water, we were fighting a losing battle. To make matters worse, the drinking water went sour and the food was infested with rats. To add more misery, the men began to get sick with sailors' bowels, a terrible sickness where you lose liquids on both ends. If it is not treated in time, you will shrivel up like a raisin. Even though in the horizon we could see the land of Minagawa, it didn't matter. The undisciplined crew had enough and began a mutiny. The first mate turned on the captain, stabbing him in the back before throwing him overboard. The men tried to turn on me, but after I cut a couple of them down, they backed off, giving me enough time to escape on a dinghy. I rolled towards the land as I watched the remaining sailors succumb to the madness of the open seas, eventually going down with the ship, meeting their end in the belly of a sea monster or a watery grave at the bottom of the sea. I was completely exhausted and my arms were on fire as I made it to Minigawa. I collapsed on the shore and slept for what I assumed was days. I awoke with the rising sun. I knew I had made it to the right island as the Netsu volcano was to the west and the Bugandi mountains were to the east. I began my journey towards Nagasaki, making it there by nightfall. The villagers were happy to see me and showered me with food, drink, and a place to rest. These wonderful people of Nagasaki Village knew I was part dragon, and they worshipped me as a dragonkin. In the morning, I asked them if they had seen Azisrael lately, or knew of his location. They told me that he liked to rest by the Natsu Volcano. I thanked the villagers for their hospitality. They surprised me even more by offering to take me to Natsu Volcano, which was but a day's journey in the ship. This time, the seas were much calmer. The whole time, I couldn't help but think about those poor people who would be dead if Israel ever went mad. My heart ached for them. I asked the boatman to wait for me as I went to talk with Israel, which he was more than glad to do. I climbed Netsu Volcano, finding Israel on the top, sleeping peacefully. I carefully placed my hand on his head and heard such terrible thoughts that still haunt me today. The humans are bought in abomination that need to be destroyed. 
and Zavalon was much more peaceful without them. We dragons were free to go wherever we wanted, when we wanted. Now, I must sleep by this volcano to suppress my decay. I have had enough of this. I knew that it might not be today, but eventually Azisrael would snap, and the madness would overtake him. I couldn't stand to think of all the people that would suffer from his decay. So I took out my sword and stabbed Azisrael. He roared in agony, his thoughts of hatred turning to fear and shock. Before he could attack, I stabbed him some more, before sliding down the volcano. His Israel roared in agony as he flew away, eventually crashing on the village of Nagasaki, where he died and his decay infested the land. Kill, kill, killing, killing the villagers, I so desperately tried to save. It wasn't until later that I learned what his Israel had roared. He wasn't crying. He was sending a warning message to the other dragons that Sir Reginaldi, the dragon slayer, had killed him while he slept. Thus, my actions to stop the dragons from going mad began the great dragon war that killed thousands and changed the shape of Exavalon forever. Was it worth it? What do you mean? Your life, your legacy. We all make mistakes. I was only doing what I thought was right. We will see. It is about time we leave this place. Come, there is a portal on this island. Where are we going? To Zundris Island, where it all began. Welcome to the History of Exavalon. The History of the Jinn's Pyramid. Hello, my name is Aldor the Wise, and welcome to my library. I am one of many historians of Exavalon. History is not always nice or fair, as you may already be aware. Sometimes evil triumphs over good, but who gets to decide what is good and evil? Is that up to religion, the king, society, or each person? What happens when two different religions, kings, societies, or people differ on what is good and evil? We know from the past that whomever wins the war or has the ear of the king decides what is good or evil. But does that make it true? Today, I am going to tell you about a divine being who some believe to be good, while others believe it is pure evil. One thing we know for sure is that the jinns prey upon the greed, lust, and laziness of mankind. Whether that is good or evil is for you to decide. Today, I bring you the history of the Jinn's Pyramid, a tragic tale about how trying to take the easy path in life can lead to deadly consequences. There are debates about what exactly a Jinn is. The first belief is a Jinn is a lesser god that was cast out of heaven and imprisoned in the lamp, only to be freed when a mortal rubbed the lamp. The second belief is a Jinn is a demon that was imprisoned in the holy lamp by the church for performing false miracles and being worshipped by the people. The jinn's only freedom is when their lamp is rubbed, but they can never be completely free from the lamp. The third and last belief is that the jinn is a divine being created by the gods to bless those who are courageous enough to find the lamp. The gods believe in the high-risk, high-reward philosophy. The jinn is the ultimate high-risk, high-reward being. 
Not only is a gin's lamp extremely difficult to get, it is potentially deadly. Countless people have died trying to get their hands on the gin's lamp. I must warn you that simply getting the gin's lamp is not the end of your troubles. It is but the beginning. There are two reasons for this. First, the gin's lamp attracts trouble. There are sad tales of men getting the lamp to only be cut down by some bandit or by a greedy innkeeper. Once you get the lamp, consider everyone your enemy, even those closest to you. Now, let's talk about the second problem of the gin's lamp. Rubbing the lamp is easy. Appeasing the gin is not. You might be thinking that the gin should be happy that somebody has freed it from the lamp and be glad to grant you any wish you desire. Well, you see the gin needs to be full in order to use its magic. Thus lies the true danger when dealing with a gin, feeding it. A gin always has its magic readily available. However, it doesn't like to grant wishes on an empty stomach. A gin doesn't eat normal food like you or I. A gin feeds upon the life force of mortals. Once the gin is full, it will grant wishes until it is hungry again. The problem with this though, is sometimes a gin only requires a small portion of life force before they grant wishes, while other times they may completely deplete multiple life forces before they are full. At times, they may grant 10 wishes before they are hungry, while other times it may only be after one. There are countless factors that can contribute to this. The amount of magic a wish takes, how strong the person's life force is, and the general mood of the gin. I must add one more thing about the gin. Even though you can earn a wish for anything you want, doesn't mean that the gin will grant it. The gin may deny your request unless you feed it more of your life force. Now you might begin to understand why some people avoid them at all cost. Is it worth giving your life for the possibility to have a wish for anything you want? That is up to each person to decide if they are lucky or unlucky enough to cross path with a gin's lamp. In Exavalon, there are three pyramids that hold powerful objects that are said to be older than time. These items are the dragon's egg, Sobek's staff, and the gin's lamp. These items were given to the first men who visited the magical island of Pamanarim Magica. There is much debate about how the magical creatures of Pamarim Magica received these items, some believing that the magical creatures created them, others believing the gods or the demons left them there, while others believe they have always existed, treasures of the earth. The three pyramids are the Dragon's Pyramid, Sobek's Pyramid, and Jin's Pyramid. Each pyramid is located in a different desert of Exavalon. The first men built the pyramids to hold the magical treasures. Again, this is debated. It is believed that they either built the pyramids to prevent anyone wicked from obtaining these items, or to only allow the worthy and courageous to access these magical treasures. We do know that these items cannot be destroyed by any weapon or element, such as fire, ice, or lava. What we do know is that once somebody has recovered one of these magical treasures, bloodshed and war is surely to follow. Anyone 
can safely visit the outside of these pyramids. The real danger comes once you enter the pyramid. Each pyramid is a labyrinth full of deadly traps. Though not all the traps will kill you instantly, some traps are meant to make you suffer. Deep within the pyramids, there's a puzzle room that if solved correctly, will reward you with its prize. The problem with this is twofold. First, the puzzle has multiple options for an answer, and no matter what answer you give, right or wrong, one of five rotating doors will open. Each room looks exactly the same. Even if you solve the puzzle correctly, the prize won't appear until you fully enter the room. Once you have fully entered, if you guess wrong, well, let's say you will find out what truly awaits man after death. If you have managed to guess correctly, you will receive the pyramid's treasure. There is an ancient group called the Order of the Gargoyle whose life mission is to protect these items. If they are taken from the pyramid, the Order of the Gargoyles are to recover them and place them safely in the pyramid. The gargoyles live off the fruits of the land and do not get paid for their services and deny themselves the pleasures of the flesh. It is their birthright to protect these magical items. The pyramid is the only place where these items can safely reside. Even throwing them in the bottom of the sea or burying them will only result in the objects resurfacing. Unfortunately, there have been times when a gargoyle was bribed with gold, women, and power, and foolishly informed a king or ruler the secrets of the pyramid, or even themselves have retrieved the treasures for others. Such was the case when King Kamarabi of Sutan Ra Unk bribed a gargoyle to retrieve the jinn's lamp for him, which the king used to purchase Princess Galia of Caterborough Castle from her father, King Renfred. But that is a tale for another time. Please come back again, and I will tell you the history of the Pirates of Exavalon. Welcome to the Stories of Exavalon. The Frost Troll's Cave Krieger the Mighty Barbarian Father, why do the other boys and girls look down on me? Krieger asked. Yermund continued to chop away at the tree. The noise and consistency of the axe was hypnotic. Why are you worrying about them? Because they don't let me play with them, and they say mean things about me. What type of things? Krieger shuffled his feet. He was only eight and still had a hard time telling his father things he didn't want to hear. Krieger, tell me the truth. I don't understand some of the words they use. Tell me those words now. Um, Krieger hesitated, thinking of an excuse. But by the fire behind his father's eyes, he knew he lit a fire that would only be satisfied with the logs of the truth. They, they, they called me a, a yavel, a rootgut, fiening, and falskababa. Did they now? And what should we do about it? Should I challenge their fathers to a fight to the death? Leave their mothers widows and them fatherless? Only if they don't say they are sorry and let me be part of the group, Krieger said with a beaming smile. Tell me, Krieger, what about the next kids that make fun of you or won't let you play with them? Shall I kill their fathers too? Krieger sheepishly looked down at his feet. 
look up at me and answer my question. Krieger looked up at his father and said, no. Right. Now, Krieger, you are special, and that makes a lot of people mad for no other reason than you are a reminder that they are just like everyone else and will be stuck following somebody else. If you truly want revenge, then become the strongest barbarian in Exavalon. Become the person they say you can't. Let your actions speak volumes. And remember, at the end of the day, the weak will always find evidence to justify their excuses and failures. Father, who are my real parents? I heard the kids say I am not a true barbarian. What do they mean? Wake up! Hey man, wake up! Come on, get up! Krieger slowly opened his eyes. He felt lightheaded and sick to his stomach. He shook his head until his eyes regained their focus. Where am I? Krieger asked. We are in the Frost Troll's cave. Hurry, just help free me before the troll comes. Krieger tried to remember how he got inside the cave. His memory was still fuzzy, and his head was pounding. He touched his forehead and felt a large goose egg, which brought back the last thing he remembered, being tricked by Grimhilda and the drog hitting him in the head. Was this part of Grimhilda's plan to feed him to the Frost Troll? Was this some sort of unholy exchange? Krieger had never heard of witches and trolls working together, though what if somebody else was really in charge, like a frost giant? Grimhilda obviously got her power from Hela, but was Hela the one pulling the strings here? Grimhilda had set up the trap for Krieger, why him though? Was there something in the village they didn't want him to see? Hello, the man yelled. Krieger looked over at him. He was so lost in his own thoughts that he had completely forgotten about him. How are we going to get out of here? He asked. Where is my sword or axe? I don't know. If I had either, I wouldn't be here. Krieger grunted. I highly doubt that. You look like a priest or poet who could hardly lift my sword. Even if you could lift it, you would never swing it hard enough to break the ice. Is this the time to criticize me? Hurry, they will be back soon. Are you talking about Grimhilda? Krieger demanded. What? I don't know. The drugger brought you in. I haven't seen any woman. Now hurry and get me free. Wait. How do I know this cave belongs to a frost troll? How did you end up here? Free me and I will tell you, the man said as he looked behind, deeper into the cave. I don't see or hear anyone, but they may come back. Krieger grunted. This man was not trustworthy, refusing to tell the truth about why he was here. Yet, that mattered not, as Krieger was just in much danger as he was. Whether this man was telling the truth or not didn't matter at this moment. All that mattered was escape. One thing Krieger knew was that he had to free himself first. This cowardly little man would run at the first chance he got. Krieger glanced around, and the edge of his reach was a large rock. As he reached for the rock, the man, with fear and doubt in his voice, said, Why are you reaching for that rock? There is no way you can lift it. We need an axe or hammer. Are you going to pull one out of your ass? Or have you been hiding one this entire time? The man sheepishly looked down. Krieger's massive hands grabbed the rock and he pulled it up. By the weight of the rock, he was only going to be able to swing it a couple of times before it became too heavy. Krieger took a deep breath, focusing his concentration, 
which the man took as a sign he failed. Ha! Oh, you wasted all your strength grabbing that rock. How are you going to break the ice on your legs? Like this, Krieger bellowed as he swung his body and rock towards the ice holding him hostage. The rock smashed against the ice. A spiderweb crack formed in the ice. The man was eagerly watching now. Krieger took a deep breath as he swung up the rock again. The rock smashed against the ice, but the crack didn't get any bigger. I knew it. You got one good hit. However, now you are out of strength and cannot swing the rock hard enough. You have killed us both. The man, like most people, who would rather find someone to blame than look for a solution, said mockingly. Just because something isn't apparent on the surface doesn't mean nothing happened. Watch, Krieger said as he swung the rock up. The moment the rock hit the ice, the ice shattered. Krieger threw the rock to the side as he crashed down, twisting as to fall on his back. His arms were shaky and he was out of breath, but he had no time to lie in the cold, frozen ground. Surely, whatever monster made this cave its home had heard the noise and would be coming to investigate. Hurry, break me free and we can leave, the man said, his tone suddenly changing to friendly. I will free you once I find my axe and sword. What? Are you crazy? The draugr took it further into the troll's lair. Free me and we can escape. Your axe and sword can be replaced. I am a barbarian. My sword and axe are just as much part of me as my arms are. Plus, my father had the dwarves forge my sword and axe for my 16th birth name. It is irreplaceable. Did you say dwarves? A booming voice said from the shadows of the cave. Who is there? Krieger asked. Show yourself. You fool, you should have ran. The man said as from out of the shadows, the frost troll walked out. The creature was a foot taller than Krieger and weighed 400 pounds of pure muscle. He had razor sharp teeth, a black nose, blue eyes, and whitish blue fur. His hands were the size of Krieger's head and had razor sharp claws. The troll walked up to the man grabbed his head and ripped it off. Blood poured from the man's neck. The troll looked at the head and threw it in its mouth before chomping down. The noise of the man's skull cracking echoed throughout the cave. Blood and brain matter drooled from the troll's mouth as he wiped it away with his arm. He was a priest of the cult of Fafnir, my eternal enemy, the troll said. Fafnir? The dwarf who got turned into a dragon? Krieger asked. The same. He was killed by Sir Reginaldi, the dragon slayer. The priest and his followers are trying to resurrect Fafnir, and we cannot allow that to happen. The priest had an iron will and a tightly closed mouth. All he had to do was tell us the location of Fafnir's body, and he could have gone free. What is my part in all of this? You are the child of the raven, and she wants you. Who, Grimhaldi? No. Hella, what does she want from me? That is her business. I am waiting for Fenrir to show up. He is to take you to her. What if I don't want to meet her? You don't have a choice. Even if you had your sword and axe, you couldn't defeat me. What are you going to do with your bare hands? Then you don't understand the barbarian spirit, Krieger said as he lunged at the troll, catching the troll off guard. The pair grappled. A battle. I shall enjoy it, the troll said. The troll flung Krieger into the cave wall as if he was a rag doll. Krieger grabbed a small rock and stood back up. 
He was expecting the troll to have pounced on him, but he stood there, waiting. I underestimated your strength. That was my mistake. It will not happen again, Krieger said. Krieger slowly walked towards the troll, trying to bait him. However, the troll waited patiently. Two Draugr were standing there, blocking the exit. Krieger swung his left hand at the troll who blocked the blow. The troll swung at Krieger's head. Krieger ducked down and with a rock in his right hand, gave the troll an uppercut into his jaw. The troll's jaw cracked. Fire flashed in the troll's eyes as he let out an angry, painful howl. Krieger pounced on the troll, hitting him in the knees with a rock until the troll fell on his back. Help me, you fools! The troll yelled at the draugr. The draugr walked towards Krieger, who smashed a rock down on the troll's face. A sickening crunch echoed as the troll went still. Rather than wait to see if the troll was dead, Krieger ran further into the cave. He needed his sword and axe if he was to stand a chance of escaping this place. To be continued in the next Krieger the Mighty Barbarian story. This has been Tales from Exavalon, including the history of Exavalon, the Knights of Exavalon, and stories of Exavalon. Tales from Exavalon is written and produced by Misfit Kid Publishing, LLC, all rights reserved. I would like to take a moment to personally thank you for listening to Tales from Exavalon. I hope you have enjoyed these stories, and I hope that you will come back to listen to the other stories that we will be producing. Thank you again, and may every day be an adventure.